0: Hey, grab your note sheet out of your worship guide. If you're a digital note taker, you can do it on the app. If you're watching at church online, there's a link there for you as well for your notes. While you get that together, hey guys, hey tonight, 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 come hang out tonight for men's night. Here at the church last week uh, or so, I heard some women, you know, whoop whoop, when we talked about men's night, I don't know if that means you just want them to get them out of the house. You're glad there's an excuse for them to be gone or what that means. Uh, but tonight we're going to hang out for uh, worship. There's going to be a special message. The whole lobby is going to be filled with tons of stuff to play, ping pong and uh, beanbag, whatever, What cornhole, that what you call it, whatever. And uh, most importantly, food, okay? So it's going to be a fun night together. So come hang out with us tonight uh, for men's night. Hey, if you got your notes ready, I'm excited about today. We're in this series called Encounter. We kicked it off last week. And uh, if you miss any week, you can catch up any podcast platform, uh, the website, the app, YouTube, all the stuff. So I encourage you not to miss because this series is important because, hey, look, we're, we're as good as we are. We are only as good as our relationship with Jesus. So in other words, the closer I get to Jesus, the better I become. The more like Him, the more I am uh, able to be used by Him. The more I'm filled with purpose, the more potential that I have in my life. Every one of us, as Christ followers, if we've said yes to Jesus, our goal should be like Him, to be closer to Him. So this series, Encounter, is all about how we encounter God. Look, we talk about this in church a lot, like you should love God, be close to God, get to know God. But look, I understand that we have a church culture that we just think sometimes we should just know what that means but the reality is if you can't physically see Him, audibly hear Him. You can't sit across the table. Sometimes it can feel so intangible that you're like, well, how do I even do that? How do I connect with God and have this intimate relationship with Him? And so luckily, God gave us some very easy ways in which we can encounter who He is. And that's what this series is about. As a matter of fact, that's God's heart. Acts 17 at the top of your outline says this. From one man, He created all the nations throughout the whole earth. He decided beforehand when they should rise and fall, and he determined their boundaries. His purpose, look at this, was for the nations to seek after God and perhaps feel their way toward him and find him. In other words, God's whole plan from the very beginning was that we would have relationship with him, that we would be connected intimately in relationship with God. So from the beginning, when he created the world, when he took Adam and then he began all of mankind, his whole goal and purpose was for relationship with us so that just perhaps we would seek after him and we would find him, we would have an encounter with him. So this month, we're looking at ways to do that. Last week, we talked about baptism, which is a really big one. Look, we dismiss that a lot in our church culture. We don't put a lot of emphasis on baptism because I can tell tell you, in our church, uh, just right here under our roof, about maybe, maybe 50% of people who say yes to Jesus are baptized, and that's, that's, a, that's, that's not good. We need to get 100%. Why? Because Jesus said to do it. We talked about that last week. It's a way to encounter God. It's a walk of intimacy with Him. Today, I titled your message, Can You Hear Me Now? Y'all remember that old, y'all remember that old ad back in the day, Verizon? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? Uh, I'm on T-Mobile. They call that T-Maybe right? T maybe. Maybe it will, maybe it won't, but, uh, but it's cheap, and that's how I roll, okay? So if you can't get me, no big deal. Didn't cost me a whole lot of money. I'm all right with it. So the whole deal is connecting with God, being intimate with God, having an encounter with God. So my question for us today is, can you hear me now? Can you hear the voice of God? Have you figured out how to connect with God and communicate with God in intimacy in your conversation? Today, I want to talk to us about prayer. Many of us, we've been following Jesus for a long time. You go, I'm a prayer warrior. That's church lingo, like, I got it. I know how to do this. I'm good at praying. Some of us are really good at rub-a-dub-dub, thank God for the grub. That's the best we've got. Some of us are good if we kind of pray in our head, but if you ask me to pray out loud, I would fall in shambles, right? We all got this sort of uh, rhythm or flow when it comes to prayer, but I think most of us really miss what God was intending for it to be. Sometimes we treat it kind of like kids when kids pray. I love kids' prayer. Uh, One kid said, hey, God, thanks for the baby brother, but what I really wanted was a puppy, right? He's like, I appreciate the work, God, but you missed it. Uh, One little boy prayed and said, hey, God, listen, if, if you can't make me a better boy, that's okay. I'm having a good time just like I am. Another little boy said, hey, I need you to take care of mom and dad, brother, sister. I need you to take care of the puppy. And, oh, God, please take care of yourself because if something happens to you, we are all in trouble, right? So for us, we have to learn how do we get past this surface-level religious prayer. Some of us think of God as uh, Christina Aguilera. You all remember her? Um, Genie in a bottle. Come on, rub it the right way. Come on. You remember that? Some of you act like you don't, but that's all It's going to be in your head all morning right now. I've ruined you. See, we think God is a genie in a bottle. That's our perspective sometimes. And if I go to God and I just present my list, many of us would do this. It's Monday morning. God, look, here's the deal. It's Monday. Let's start this week. Got 10 things on the to-do list. If you can work on that, I'm going to go to work. We'll get back together at the end of the day and see how you did. Like when we approach prayer, we all have these rhythms and flows, but God wanted it to be intimate. He wanted us to really encounter him in closeness with prayer. And the reason I know this is because Jesus modeled for us a way in which we can pray. And so today I want to break down five things out of Jesus' model of prayer that you and I could begin implementing into our prayer with God so that we draw to an encounter with Him. Now, so if some of us, our first step before, you know, it's not even official on the paper, is we got to pray. we got to start praying. Some of us haven't started that process yet. Just talk Just commune. Just go to God and say, God, here I am. I want relationship with you. And so today, teach us to encounter you in prayer. That's my heart for us today. So let's pray and let's ask God to help us through his word. Father, I love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us such clarity on ways in which we can get close to you. God, we want to encounter you. We want to be close to you. We want it to be intimate. So help us to learn today how to do that through the power of prayer. God, speak to us in your word. Draw us close. Teach us. Let us leave differently than we came. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's five things that when you pray that I want to be included in your prayer. Five things that I want you to pray for. Number one, write this down, is to pray for presence. Pray for presence. Pray for God's presence. Most of us pray for everything we want or everything we need, everything we desire. We pray about people we don't like. Come on, we do that a lot more. We're fixing a lot of people in our prayers. We've got a lot of answers for a lot of people. Sometimes we omit ourselves. Let's be honest. Most of the time we omit ourselves. But what Jesus wants us to pray for is the very presence of God to be in our life. Notice what Jesus says when he begins his prayer, Matthew chapter 6 verse 9. It says, "Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Hallowed be your name. Holy is your name. Powerful is your name. Intimate is your name. Special is your name. God, I am entering into your prayer. I am coming to you. Think about this. You and I have been given the opportunity to literally come before the whole creator of all of the world. And not only do we have the open door to approach God, but the Bible teaches us that he hears us when we pray. Even you. God hears you. He knows you. He sees you. He desires relationship with you so that maybe you would seek him out and would be found by him. So when we approach God, I love the way that uh, Joyce Meyer says this. She says that we need to get to know God's face. As much as we know God's hand. In other words, we need to get to know the presence of God, his face and who he is as much as what he can do or as much as what he can give. If you've got kids, you understand this principle. My son can come to me and he can approach me like a brat. Some of you don't use that language, but hey, I can call it like I see it. That's a brat, bud, we don't, we're not going to do that. not going to play that way. Dad, I won't. Dad, give me. We don't roll that way, okay? He can sit without. I threatened him the other day. I said, bud, you keep it up about the clothes, you're going to go to school naked, all right? And I promise you go to school naked one time, you're going to appreciate every shirt, every shoe, every thread of clothing you've got, all right? We all know I'm not going to send you to school naked. Don't call anybody, all right? I don't need that kind of drama in my life. But he didn't know it. He's six. He was scared, all right? But when he approaches me, he says, Dad, guess what? You're my favorite dad. I don't want any other dad but you. Hey, Dad, you're the best. I love you, Dad. I'm like, Hey, bud, what's up? What you want? And I know he's buttering me up, but come on, everybody. We like a little butter, don't we? Everything's better with a little bit of butter. You see, when he approaches me because he loves me and because he's uh, recognizing me as a person, not just as a transaction. You recognize that? We all know when we're treated like a transaction or we're treated like we're somebody of value that matters. You know when you're talking to somebody, if they're with you or if they're looking beyond you. And see, what we do often with God is we look beyond God and what God really wants us to do is to be looking at Him. God wants to be seen. He wants us to be in His presence. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Because there's something about the presence of God that can change things. Some of us are still sitting in the same situation, the same circumstance, the same out atmosphere because we haven't let God change things. A few years ago, Pastor Brandon and Danielle, they got a Great Dane. Y'all know what a Great Dane is? It's a dinosaur of a dog, Right? It's ridiculous. It makes no sense. It's not practical, okay? Uh, they eat lots of food. They're, they're tall. They're length. You know, they, it's, it's just ridiculous. If you have a Great Dane, ridiculous, all right? And uh, so they got this Great Dane, and uh, about the time they did, my son was about, hes about three or four when they got him. And so we're not the tallest in my family. Some of you didn't know that. But so... <laughs> Asher's little, but he's little. You know what I'm talking about? He's like little, little, because we're all little. And so he's looking at this great Dane as a little, as a little kid, and it freaked him out. He loves animals. So this great Dane was literally like a dinosaur to him. And as a puppy, it wants to play. So it's six-foot-long legs or lanky coming at him like this. He freaks out. He runs to me. I snatch him up. And let me tell you what happened. When I brought him up into my arms, suddenly something changed. It's like his little chest poked out a little bit, and he said... I shall pet you now, puppy. I mean, it's like, I was like, what, ha- what just happened? You see, the, the great Dane didn't shrink. He didn't suddenly get calm. He didn't change his actions. The environment didn't change. But you know what changed? Suddenly, he was in the arms of his father. And his father is his protector. Right? You know what I'm saying? I felt good in that moment. I poked my chest out a little bit. I said, I shall protect you from this great Dane, my son. It made me feel good, too. You see, when he was in my arms, suddenly he wants to pet the dog. Suddenly he looks at the dog as something that he can encounter, something that he can touch, something that is good and not something that is scary. Many of us are approaching life and we're approaching this world when really what we need to do is be scooped up in our Father's arms in his presence and watch everything else begin to change. We're doing it on our own, and here's what God wants. God wants us to be in his presence how do you get in God's presence? Say, well, Pastor, that's so abstract too. You're teaching something that's supposed to be cleared in an abstract way. You seek God like you would seek your car keys. Anybody ever lost their car keys? Nobody goes, well, okay, that's it. We'll just hang out and maybe they'll turn up. No, you destroy the house. You're picking the kids upside down. You're shaking them like, where are the car keys? You'll do whatever you can do to find those keys. Some of us need to get up every day and say, God, I need to do everything I can do to find you today. God, if I need to pray, if I need to read my word, if I need to worship, if I need to cut that TV off, I need to ignore that phone call, God, whatever I need to do, I need your presence today. Father, today, hallowed be your name. God, you're holy. God, you're worthy. God, you're good. Thank you for loving me. God, thank you for seeing me today. Thank you for wanting relationship with me. God wants us to experience his presence. Jesus prayed for it. He wanted the presence of God. Number two, you've got to pray for priorities. Because here's where we miss it sometimes. Hey, God, good morning. Good to see you. Now, look, here, let's get after it, God. It's a busy day. i got two seconds to tell you I need traffic to park. Because I'm late, but it's everybody else's fault. Uh, God, I I burned breakfast, so I'm going to need the Starbucks line to be quick, right? You got all these things that were given to God right from the start of the day. But really what we need to do is we need to reprioritize some things in our life. Jesus modeled this. Notice this. Jesus said, your... Go ahead and underline that because that's good. That's a good indication of what Jesus is doing and what he desires for us to do. Your kingdom come... Here it is again. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, we must learn to prioritize His purpose over our plans. We all have plans. We've all got it figured out. We got the best way. And typically when we pray, we pray our plans. But God says, I need you to pray my purpose, and then you prioritize. God, I'm going to do what you need me to do. God, I I, I desire this. I desire this job. I desire this outcome. But God, if you don't, if you see a better way, if you know something that I don't know, God, even if it's painful, God, I'm going to do it your way because your presence is with me. I'm in your arms. And wherever you lead me or take me, I know I can go because it is good for me. But we prioritize ourself, our own plans, our own desires, and our own stuff. I love the illustration. I've shared it a lot, but it's one of my favorites of the old lady on the cruise ship. Anybody heard me share this? Old lady about 85 years old on the cruise ship. And she's standing there and it's windy. You've been on a boat like that? It's real windy. And she's holding on to a hat. The wind is blowing and her dress is blowing up over her head. Nobody is helping this elderly lady. And this man goes, well, I don't want to be out of the way. I don't want to be too forward. Do I say something? Do I not say something? And he goes, I can't stand it anymore. And he goes, ma'am, I got to tell you, I don't mean to embarrass you. Don't mean to be too forward. But your dress is blowing up over your head and you're exposing yourself. And she said, young man, anything you see below this dress, I've had for the last 85 years. But I just bought this hat yesterday and I am not about to lose it. (laughs) In that moment, the priority was holding on to that hat. All right? Some of us, We're holding on to some stuff a little too tight and everything else is all out of order when suddenly we need to know what it is we're holding on to. If you're going to hold on to something tightly, you better know that it's the right thing to be holding on to. Some of us are holding on to stuff so tight and everything else is just out of order. Let me tell you, if God's not the first priority of our life, everything else is out of order. If the family, the next greatest responsibility that we've been given is our family, is not next in line, not the job to take care of the family, not to get ahead in life, to provide more than you have when you was a kid. No, the family. If everything burned to the ground tomorrow, would your family still love you? Would they know your name? Would they want you to be there? Do they have relationship with you? Do they know that you care, your family? And then if you got kids, hey, you know, Throw them in there, too. You know what I'm saying? you got to have that spouse relationship. Take care of those kids. And then I'm going to tell you this. I think your church ought to be high on the list. Because let me just tell you, I don't read anywhere in Scripture where God says he's returning for a ball team. I don't see it. Now go swing the bats and throw the balls and do all the good stuff. That's all fine. It's all fun and games. But I don't see God returning for any brand, any jersey. I don't see God for showing up for any club. Here's what I see the Bible says that Jesus is returning for. is his church. I believe what the gospel was built on was the church. That Jesus could have chosen anything, but he chose the church. And many of us are so busy with everything, and the church loses its place. But I'm just going to tell you, because I'm a product of the church. See, some of you are going, well, you're a preacher. I anticipate the pastor to say that. No, 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 no. No, I'm a product of a church. I'm a product of my life being invested in by the church. And so today I'm telling you that the greatest thing that could happen. Look, I know Tommy and Timmy, they're going to be the next big thing in the, in the ball league. I get it. I know they're great. I know they're talented. But here's the reality. They're probably not. Okay? I mean, I'm just, they're probably not. Not to say that they're not. I put a probably in there. They're just probably not. So one day, when life begins to fall apart, And they realize maybe that they're not. Don't you want them to have a solid foundation in God's word and a relationship with Jesus to say, God, I'm going to follow you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to live for you. I'm going to chase after you. And God, whatever you do, even if I am the next big thing, I'm going to do it with Jesus and I'm not going to do it on my own. How do we do it? Because we prioritize. Let me tell you two things. Your sacrifice and your time are two great indicators of your priorities. What do you sacrifice? So i got to do this because i got to have more of this. i got to do this because I'll never get to this level if I don't sacrifice. What is your sacrifice? And where is your time? Those are two of the greatest indicators of what you prioritize in your life. Jesus prayed for the presence of God. He prayed for priorities. God, your will be done. Your kingdom come. And then just put me in the middle of it. Let me go along for the ride. And then number three, Jesus prayed for provision. Now, this is where most of us start. (laughs) Most of us start with provision. Asking God for what we need to take care of our needs, desires, wants. But here's what Jesus said. Give us today. Underline the word today. Give us today our, underline this word too, daily bread. Notice how Jesus is praying. You know, God, I've been thinking about this whole deal you've got me on earth for. And and I recognize that, that the time's coming. So what I need you to do, God, if you'll go ahead and do this then and prepare this and help me for that. No, Jesus, when he prayed, he said, God, today, I need you today. God, I'm trusting that you will be my supply for today. The Bible teaches us that every day has enough trouble of its own. So don't worry about what tomorrow's going to bring. You worry about it today. You live through it today. You let God take care of you today. Listen to me. This is building an ability to trust God in every single moment. We're so far... You ever eat dinner and you thought about what's for breakfast? Or you get up and you eat breakfast and you go, hey, what you you want to do for dinner tonight? You you haven't even swallowed or digested breakfast. And we're already planning what's for dinner. We live life that way in every aspect of our life. We're in this moment already preparing and planning for what's coming next. That's why we stay frustrated with God. That's why I stay frustrated with God. I like a good plan. I just like a simple ABC. Hey, God, I don't care what it is. If you just go ahead and tell me, we can do it. But often God doesn't work that way, does he? And our frustration is because we're eating breakfast and we want to know what's for dinner. And all God wants us to learn is to enjoy breakfast now. Give us today our daily bread. And if I can trust him for this bread today, if he's faithful today, you know what? He'll be faithful again tomorrow. I'm just going to reference our Satisfied series from last month. It's a great starting point if you missed it. To learn how to live this life of satisfaction, trusting in him. Jesus prayed it, so it was important. Number four, Jesus prayed for pardon. Jesus prayed for pardon. In other words, to be set free, to be forgiven something that we were accused of something that we were guilty of but yet we were still set free we were released from it many of us are good at praying this aren't we hey god listen I uh, said i would never do it again turns out i was wrong but uh, this time if uh, if you'll just you know if you just kind of help me here let me by uh, you know i'll slow down won't speed again god you know i'm going to tell the, i'm even going to invite the officer to church god if you just let me out of this ticket i'll invite him to church hey god if you just do this i'll live in a hut in africa for for a year, I really won't, but you know my heart, God. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how we, we approach these things. We like to pray for pardon. We're really good at praying for what gets us out of the situation that we're in. And that's okay. Because I'm going to do... Let me just tell you, I, I don't mean to let you down uh, of, of what you think of, a, of of a pastor, but let me... I'm going to need to pray for forgiveness for something today. All right? I'm just going to let you know. I'm going to need God's forgiveness today for something. I'm just letting you know. So those of you who understand that, and you can go, okay, I'm right there with you. All right, So it's okay. We need it because Jesus prayed it. Look, and forgive us our debts. Jesus did not sin. Do not be confused. Jesus never sinned, but he modeled for us the kind of prayer we need to pray because he knew we would. And he knows that we do. So forgive us of our debts. But look, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Let me set you free right here. Some of us feel a barrier in connecting to God. And one of the main reasons is because we are carrying offense and hurt and unforgiveness from relationships in our life. And we're taking that to the table. We're asking God to set us free and to forgive us of things that we've done wrong and how we've offended Him and how we've done all of these things, but yet we're unwilling to provide that for other people. One of the strongest verses in the Bible says, If you do not forgive, God cannot forgive you. So here's what that means. I can't go to God and expect grace from Him that I'm not willing to extend to somebody else. I want to ask you a question today. What is it in your life today that you're still reminding somebody of that they've done wrong? It's like that married couple. Come on, the husband did something crazy, messed it up, big fight. They went through it, forgive and forget, it's gone. But then every once in a while... The wife just brings it up. You know, she just kind of reminds him of it. Until one day he goes, hey, wait a minute. Why are you still bringing this up? I said, thought you said we're going to forgive and forget. She said, oh, we did. I just want you to remember that I forgave you and that I forgot about it. Just, remind, just want you to know, right? Now, here's the thing. We live that way in a lot of areas of our life. We think we've, we've done it. We said we were going to let it go. But it's still there. It's still lingering. It's still eating us alive, and it's a barrier between us and God. Look, in order to look, forgiving somebody is not saying it's OK. Forgiving somebody is not telling them what you have done to me is OK. It's not saying, "Hey, no big deal. Let's just keep hanging out. You don't have to change a thing. We don't have to fix anything here. We'll just keep hanging out. It's not resuming the relationship without change. Forgiveness is simply setting yourself free. Saying, I can't control you, and I can't control your actions, but your actions will not control me. And I will not be held hostage. So God, I need you here. Go to God in prayer. God, I need you to help me, and God, I need you to help them. Help me to forgive. You pray about it. You beg God for it, because Jesus said that you could. You ask God to help you forgive. And then, look, go ahead and start using some words, all right? Selective words, good words, okay? Not those words, right? You start saying, God, bless them. God, let them have a good day. God, I pray that they meet you. God, I pray they have a heart change. God, I pray that something you, when you can begin to speak words privately for them, you know you've experienced a heart change. And then you begin to bless them. You take action. Now, this is a big one. You buy them some Krispy Kreme. You don't spit on them. You deliver them hot and fresh. And when they look at you funny, you just say, look, Amy, it's just God. Just want to say, God bless you. Many of us wait on emotion. When it comes to forgiveness, we're waiting on the emotion to feel it. Let me tell you something. You lead with action, and your emotions will follow. If you wait on your emotions to allow you to forgive, you will never forgive anybody. You take action, you lead your emotions, and they will begin to follow. You pray to God for the ability to do it. You begin to speak it within yourself until you can mean it. And then you take action and begin to live it out. Listen, a barrier between encountering God. Why did Jesus pray? Because let me just tell you, people are crazy. I don't know, you probably didn't know that. People are crazy. They are. They are. Look across. Earth. Don't look right now. But, but Jesus dealt with crazy people every day. That's why Jesus had to go before the Lord. We need it. Ask God. Forgive me, God, and allow me to forgive other people. And then lastly, look, this is, this is the biggest one right here. You need to pray for power, God's power. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We don't experience God's power because we've traded his for our own. And let me tell you, let me, and put this in context. Please don't take this out of context. I had a, whatever. So, you have a headache. What do you do? Take some medicine, right? It's awesome. Excedrin, migraine, it's a good stuff. But you know what? I think sometimes we choose those things over the power of God because we can control it. Let me explain to you what I'm talking about. How many times in our life Do we use all of our abilities, all of our smarts, and all of our resources, and we will drain every one of those, and then when that did not work, we will say, God, I've tried everything, and now I just need you to do it. What God would really like for us to do is that for prayer to be the first response and not the last resort. To understand that the power of God is a real Thing. We understand the person of God. We understand the people of God, the place of God. But look, in 2022, many of us have missed the power of God. In a few weeks, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit and the very presence and power of God in our life. But let me illustrate it to you this way. It's the best way I think I can, I can put it together for you because this is one of those abstract deals. It's like this. This is a work glove. It's very purpose. Is for what? Okay, some of you'll get there. Okay, it's cool. It's fine. Um, Nine o'clock, a little sharper. But but this work—it's a work glove. It's purpose created for work. The very material that's been selected, the way that it has been stitched, everything about this has the entire purpose creation to be for work. Now, if I need this glove to pick up this Bible, and I go, "You're created for work. I need you to do work." Nothing happens, right? That's an apathetic, lazy glove. Many of us understand gloves like this, okay? (laughs) So then we think, okay, in our brains, we just need a little encouragement, a little self-help, okay? You can do this. You are a good glove. You have purpose, and you're perfect just like you are. You're like mama talk, you know what I'm saying? Baby, don't let nobody talk to you like that. You don't change a thing. You can do it. Come on, you can do it still doesn't work. Maybe the glove then needs a little training, right? We'll go to YouTube and we'll YouTube. How does a glove begin to work? So then you learn, you take this finger and you grip here and then you lift and it doesn't work. So then we go, you know what? This glove needs community and community is important. If he has some more gloves around him, to encourage him to do the work. So we'll put all of these gloves with this glove and then still nothing. All of these things are true and have their place. But the only way the glove is going to do the work is is unless something with some substance and power and ability fills this glove and gives it the ability to begin moving and working and doing what it was created to do. Many of us are literally created and purposed and put together specifically the way God wanted us to be. And God has got a purpose for us on this planet but we cannot tap into it because we don't have the power and the presence of God filling our lives, giving us the ability to do what we cannot do on our own. May we never forget the fact that you cannot do it on your own. You do not have the ability on your own. You were not created to do it on your own. From the beginning of the creation of the world, God created everything so that we would seek after Him and perhaps be found by Him so we would have relationship with Him and experience Him and everything He's created for us to do today What would change in our life spiritually, relationally, in every aspect if we submitted ourselves to go before the Lord every day in a pattern of prayer that brought us to the heart of God so that we could encounter Him in a deeper and more personal way? That's my prayer for us today. Let me tell you this. The Bible teaches us that the road to destruction was that the road to eternity away from God, a real place called hell, it's real, Without Jesus, the Bible says that's an easy road to get to. It's real wide. It's a big old interstate leading in to that eternity. But it says that the road that leads us to eternity with God is very narrow. And unfortunately, the Bible says that few will actually find it. It's my heart that us as a church and believers, that we would find that road and follow it and live it to be true, authentic followers of Jesus. These are the disciplines, the tools, the tools. That God gave us to encounter him, to be close to him, and to have his heart. And so my prayer for us today is that we would embrace this and to begin to live it in every aspect of our lives. So will you bow your head, close your eyes. If you're our guest today, nothing weird or funny is going to happen. Nobody's coming to get you. If you're watching online, please just limit distraction where you're at so you can have a moment with the Lord right here. And here's what I would say. Maybe you're in this room today and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. But today's your day. This is the moment to say yes. I want to pray for you. And I want to encourage you to say yes to Jesus. Don't leave this place. That's his whole heart. Was that you would seek after him and find him. And then I want to pray for the rest of us today. You know where you're at in your journey with the Lord. And these little five aspects of connecting with God. Jesus gave us so much. And you know where you are in this journey of that. And so today... I just want you to be able to present yourself before the Lord and say, God, wherever I'm lacking, help me to grow. Help me to be a disciple, to become more like you. Help me experience your power so that I can fulfill everything you've called me to do with my life. So, Father, for this moment, God, I pray if there's one of us without a relationship with you, that today would be our day. We've sinned, we've messed up, we've fallen short, and we choose today to put you first in our life. Forgive us of our sins. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for forgiving us. Today, Jesus, we put you first. You're number one. We're going to leave this moment differently than we came. God, I pray for everybody that would just say, God, I want to grow. I want to be more like you. I want to be disciplined. I want to encounter you in prayer, intimately. I want to know your face even more than I know your hand. God, I just pray that it would be all of our hearts to follow you closely, to love you and to serve you to be used by you to change the world around us. God, change us from the inside out. Make us more likely. Thank you for your word today, for encouraging us and equipping us. God, we give you all the credit for everything that you do in our life. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, church. Can we honor the Lord together? Can we do that? Come on, he's good.